We are so glad to have you with us this morning. Thank you for joining with us. Those of you online, thanks for uh, tuning in with us. And uh, uh, we are in a series we're calling uh, I Love My Church. And uh, it's an annual thing we do. It's uh, around the idea of stewardship. And if you're visiting and you're from another church and you're thinking, oh, dang it, this is the money Sunday. You're, you're, you're okay. You're okay. You're going to be okay. Uh, in that, um, you know, this, this series, I love my church. That, that's something that I couldn't say for a long time. Not this church in particular, but just the church in general. Um, I've shared my story before of how in high school, a pastor and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I grew up, uh, hating the church. Right, it, the the damage that can happen with spiritual abuse and manipulation and and all that kind of thing. It's fine when I when I, I'm on the board of ordained ministry and when we uh, have retreats and in their residency program and stuff. The first thing we start off doing is having everybody uh, start to share their call story and people go around and they're like, oh, I grew up in the church and I love the church and then it comes to me and like, I hate the church. I, I hated the church and, and God called me into it and I fought him and he won. And now I've learned how to love the church again. I love the church. I don't love what the church can do in the name of religion or things like that. But the church, this vehicle, this, this thing that God has invited us to be a part of, this miraculous invitation that the hope of the world is going to rest on the church, the body of Christ, the followers of Christ. It's a crazy idea, but it's how God will bring redemption to the world through Jesus Christ is that we follow him and as his followers, as his servant, as his body, that's what the church is, the body of Christ, as his body, we, we carry the most important information and invitation for anyone and everyone that will hear it. Come to Jesus. Receive salvation. Have your sins forgiven. Walk in peace and freedom. That's what the church does. And when we do it well, there is a, there is a joy to that, that that warms our heart. In this, we're trying to revisit those commitments to the church that we make in membership. And in the Methodist Church, when you join, there's there's two parts to it. The first is a profession of faith that welcomes you into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, that profession of faith, we typically use the, the great commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the membership that's more important than our church membership, right? That's membership in the kingdom of heaven. That's really what we're serving here. That's really what we're trying to accomplish is bring people into the kingdom of heaven. The name on our door is incidental. I'm a Christian pastor that happens to lead a Methodist church. I am not a Methodist. I am a Christian who happens to be a Methodist. We are part of the kingdom of heaven, right? Everybody's really nervous. I don't know why there's tension in here. (laughs) I'm not fixing to drop the hammer on you or anything. Right? It, it, and our membership in that, that's, that's our membership. And then we ask for you to support the local church, this local expression of church in five ways, with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your story, or your witness. Your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, your story. 
Last week we talked about your prayers and your presence, and we just reminded you that prayer is a is is a vital thing for us. It's our conversation with God, but it's not just about us. It's how we unite with one another as well, and it's it's a blessing to be able to pray with and for other people. And all of us who have experienced being lifted up by a church family, knowing that there's people all over praying for you as you're going through a difficult time, we, we all know what a blessing that is. And then our, our presence that we're, we, as a family, as a body, that when, when, when we're together, there is a wholeness and an energy that doesn't happen when we're apart. You can worship God. He's present everywhere. Wherever you go, he's there. But there's some kind, there's an energy and a blessing in coming together as a church family that is important to us. And, and in that presence, there, it's not just for you. It's what your presence does for others as well. Today, we're going to talk about gifts and service gifts and service and and a lot of times when churches talk about stewardship they automatically go to money right and we we even call them stewardship drives and all that and and number one none of you are naive enough not to know that it takes money to run a church right it 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 just does you you know that and on a campus like this it a lot of what we what we use money for is just maintenance on this building there's 63 air conditioning units on, on this campus usually one or two of them that are broken right there's there's always something right now it's the heating unit on this right this side over here there's always something like that. There's a staff that happens. There's ministries and, and, and music and Sunday school material. There's all of that. You know that, that, that takes money. What, the money part of it, God takes care of. If we honor Him, He'll honor us. I, I, I want to invite you as a spiritual practice. I think uh, there is a, a strength in making a financial uh, commitment to the, the church family that you uh, invest in. I think, I think there's a strength in that. I think it's good for us to, to, to put our money where our mouth is in that. I can tell you as a, a, even as a pastor, I struggled with giving as a pastor even. There's been seasons in my life where I, I could convince myself that we needed the money for something else and stuff. But I, a few years back, uh, we made the decision to, to, make a bank draft for it so it's non-discretionary anymore and just do it every way. And, and I can t- there's a blessing in that, uh, uh, that, that you will enjoy. If you would like to do that, there are pledge cards and, uh, that you can do. There's, they're out in the welcome center or there's an online form you, you can do. We love it when you do that. It helps us with our planning for the year. Um, but that's between you and God. Okay, everybody breathe out. We're done with the financial part of it now. All right. But if all we talk about is money, then we give people the wrong idea about what church is, right? Because stewardship, stewardship is how do we take what God has given us and leverage it for his kingdom and for his, uh, for his glory, right? And he's given us a lot more than money. I, I like to think of it in three areas uh, of uh, uh, time, treasures, and talent. That he get, he's given every single one of us time, treasures, and talent, and asks us to sh- to share a portion of that with him as an investment in what he has invested in us. It, we we share our time, our treasures, our talents to make a difference in the world around us. Time, 
That's the one thing we all have in common. We all have the same amount of time. There's no, there's nobody more time rich than others here. A lot of us waste our time, right? Just last night, I watched four hours of Netflix. Just gone, right? And I do that more often than I should. I, I, I can waste time with the best of them, right? Time, but, but giving your time, we talked about that with presence last week. Time is one of those things that can make a difference in other people's lives. Your, your talent, every one of us has gifts that God has given us, talents and gifts that He's given us. It says in the Scripture, every single one of us, God has given you unique talents and gifts that, that you are meant to use for the benefit of the, of the church, of the body. Everyone has them. Uh, but how do we invest those back into His ministry? And then treasures. The sharing of financial wealth or, or, um, other means of, of financing and moving the ministry forward. These are, these are Christian ideals, right? It, it's, it comes down to a word called generosity. Extravagant generosity. Crazy generosity. And it's based on what we read in the scripture of how God treats us. A God who, if He only did what we deserve, a God who, if, if He was being uh, judicious in how He doled out love, we, we wouldn't have stood a chance. From the very beginning, we rebelled against who He was. We've turned our back on Him over and over and over. And, and yet, He chases us down the great hound of heaven. He's known, God's known as the hound of heaven that will chase us down. Uh, he, he literally emptied the heavens to come and rescue us from our sin. And through Jesus, we now can be united with the Father. He has this extravagant, wasteful generosity to Him. The story of the prodigal son, the, the young man that takes his father's inheritance and runs off and, and, and parties it away and then comes home and limping his way home, not even sure his dad will accept him back into the house. And the dad rushes out to greet him and throws the robe on him and kills the fatted calf and throws a party. We, we call that the prodigal son. And prodigal means excessive and wasteful. Excessive and wasteful. And certainly the son was excessive and wasteful, but... You could call it the prodigal God or the prodigal father in the story because the father was so extravagant and wasteful in his, in his love. He just lavished on him so much so that the older son got ticked off about it, right? What are you doing? You're wasting all our money on the fatted calf. What do, what do you think I'm doing? Your, your lost brother has returned. We got to celebrate. The love of God demands overt, crazy, over the top generosity. All of you that are parents or have anyone you care about that doesn't know God, what would, what would be too much to invest if you could be assured that they would have an, a relationship with Jesus? What would you be willing to, to, to trade for that? See, that, that, this is the invitation God has put us. It's, it's not come to church and be bored and it's not let, help us, help us keep all 63 air conditioners work, right? The, our building is a blessing. Uh, that's part of how we do ministry. That's, that's part of how we, we, we function and, and share the word of God. But it's not about the structure. It's about 
capturing the people and drawing people into this relationship with God. And the invitation is, I've shared things with you. Are you willing to give a portion of them back to me to make a difference? I want you to think in your lives of people who are influential. If you were going to write five names of five people who have left their footprints in your life, whether they're Christian or not, I, I, I bet if you sort of evaluate, you're going to... You're, Part of why you admire them, part of why they were so effective in your life is because they exhibited generosity in some way. They, they gave up their time. When you were, a, for me, like a, a, as a teenager, when I was pushing everyone away and the, our youth director kept battling through my, uh, my shoving away and kept battling in, to develop a relationship with me. That, that, was, that was influential. It was just the investment in time with that. Maybe some of you have had folks that made an investment in you, allowed you to go to college when you couldn't afford it or, or bailed you out of a bad situation when you didn't know how you were going to make ends meet. There's all sorts of ways. But generosity is, is that godly trait that is, it, it, it is such a powerful, attractive thing. People love to be around generous people. Unfortunately, a lot of the times in Christianity, we we talk about being good stewards, and really what we mean is we're cheap. Right? We 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 can't waste our money. Well, again, how much? How what is wasting money when it comes to to the kingdom? It, my very first church. Um, right out of seminary, you get appointed in June. It's in October. We're doing budget and everything. My very first church fight was in uh, over the budget uh, because I wanted to get toilet paper that didn't have wood chunks in it. I don't know where they were buying it from, but it it was not hospitable at all to anyone. And we, I, I, it was along with some other stuff, but it, the, the amount of money was $100, and we fought for a long time. I finally wrote a check and put it on the table and said, can we move on now? Right? That, I used to be a waiter. Do you know the days I hated to wait tables? Sunday afternoon. Why? Because all the Christians come <laughs> and leave you a Roman's road track as your tip. Right? I'll give you a Roman's road. Right? Right? Being cheap is not a Christian idea. Thank goodness God is not cheap with us. He lavishes us with extravagant, with extravagant love, extravagant uh, grace, extravagant mercy against all odds and against every lick of sense. The whole idea of of church is an extravagant, generous invitation for people who don't deserve to even be able to to walk in his footprints, to being his hands and feet in the world. This extravagant, generous God invites us to be a part of it. What a wonderful invitation. Our gifts and our service are, are those ways that we participate, that we invest, just like God invested in us. It, it costs us nothing but faith. It cost him the life of his son, right? 
He, he, he went to the extreme to demonstrate his love for us, to make sure that we had the opportunity to, to, to know the Father and to have an, a, an eternal hope. God's generosity is, is overwhelming. Let's go to Proverbs. Proverbs is a book of sayings. There's a whole lot of them on money and wealth. I just picked a couple. Uh, this is uh, chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. 24, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Uh, 25, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Right? It's, it, and there's more of these. It's this idea that when we are generous and move out of just money, money is certainly a part of it. We are an affluent society, even if you're poor in Kerrville, you're a part of a, an affluent country, okay? Uh, we, we are an affluent society. We are blessed with so much. How we use that and how we give that away will tell a lot about who we serve, right? If, if, if we hoard it all to ourselves, which is the human thing to do, right? Take care of number one, make sure we've got what we need, and then any leftovers we'll give out. As God was setting up the world and setting up his, his uh, relationship with people and established covenant with Moses and all of that, and with Abraham, he, he set up this system to say, don't give me leftovers, give me off the top. It's a way to trust me. And it's a way to honor me. And then I'll turn around and I'll bless you in that. When you read these, this isn't prosperity gospel. I'm not one of those televangelists that if you send me a thousand next year, you'll have ten. That's, that's not what I'm, I'm, I'm teaching here. The only thing that happens if you send me a thousand dollars is I'll like you more. But that's, that's, Right, but that's that's not what this is. What it is, it's 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 a paradox of the kingdom of heaven. If you want to win your life, you must first lose it. If you want to be first, you have to be last. There's a, there's this way that God turns upside down. If you want more, you need to give more. If you hold on to it, you'll lose it. Right, and those who are willing to refresh others themselves will be refreshed. I I am not a good visitor. Um, to go visit folks, right? Small talk is hard for me. Once I get past, hey, how are you? Good. Beautiful day. <laughs> now I'm done, right? I, I just, I just I, that's about as far as I can go. And so to, to go in, into a hospital room and stuff, I, 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 I can do it, but it, it, I, I have to force myself to do that. And, and so, but here's the deal. Whenever I do, I always walk out more blessed than the person I went in to visit. I go in as a service. I walk out having received in that. It, it's, it's this paradox that you can't outgive God, that no matter, no matter how, how, the more generous you are, the more joyous you're going to be. It, 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 that's just the way it works. And why does it work that way? Because we have a generous God and who made us in his image? He did. And so when we, when we, when that behavior comes out of us, it's, it's that image of God coming. And of course it gives us joy and refreshes us because that's what we were created to be and do in the first place. Generosity is meant to be a part of our lives. There, that time, talent, and treasures that there are so many ways in this church that you can serve. 
There, there are so many ways that you can invest in others. There's, there's um, Sunday morning stuff. There's Sunday school classes. There's children's ministry over here. Heather Roberts, our new um, uh, children's director, has set up a new way of doing our Sunday school. They go from group to group. There's one group of volunteers. You don't even have to teach or anything. You're basically like a soccer goalie. If the kids get out of bounds, you just kick them back in bounds. <laughs> Keep them in the room. That's all. That's your job, right? But in doing that, you allow their parents to, to be able to go to a Sunday school or worship, and you're allowing seeds to be planted in the lives of those kids, right? Our youth, you make meals for them and, and, and things like that. There's just so many ways that we can do that. We have all sorts of in-reach opportunities of hospital visits, nursing home visits, taking communion to, uh, to shut-ins, all sorts of things like that, sending birthday cards. There's... The in-reach stuff, there's outreach stuff, anything from food food distribution, putting uh, canned goods in a sack, to going on a mission trip to Costa Rica for two weeks. There's all sorts of things that you can do. My question is, are you being generous in how you serve and give? Give of your time and your talent and your treasures. A lot of times for our youth, it's not, uh, in order for them to be able to go, we need to help their family with the cost of the trip. And so generosity works. For, and, and the thing is, when you, when we operate as a generous church, it, you, we can't keep up with the blessings. And you're not even going to be aware of all of them anyway. Last week at, um, uh, uh, Light on the Hill, we had our harvest festival. And, and a couple of weeks ago, we took uh, Denver, my granddaughter, to Fredericksburg to some pumpkin patch. Cost fifty dollars to pet a dying cow and uh, <laughs> and pick some rotted pumpkins and all this kind of stuff. Fifty bucks for a four-year-old. I was like, oh my god! Uh, and horrible. Last week at Light on the Hill, we had bouncy toys. We had a, a high ride. We had the coolest petting zoo with all sorts of weird animals and, and uh, chili and meal and all sorts of stuff, face painting, all this stuff. And it was free. And the community came. And we heard from several of those community members, you mean it's free? Yeah. Who's paying for it? Don't worry about that. The church family's paying for it. Wow. What church is that? And did anyone give their life to Christ? I don't know. But I guarantee you some seeds were planted. And we helped change the mind of some people that, that the church is a bunch of holy rollers that don't care about anyone else. And we're about to invest in a new service on, on Sunday nights in January called The Table that we're going to hold a worship service at, uh, at 6 o'clock out at Light on the Hill. And we're going to begin to to reap some of the planting that we've been doing with folks and giving them a place to worship that may not be willing to come over here. Extravagant. I mean, you go over to that, we had so many bouncy toys and stuff. I, Lori and I broke down the, the, the um, uh, photography place that had hay bales and pumpkins. I think Beth Palmer spent $14,000 on pumpkins alone. <laughs> but it was worth every penny because you never know what seeds got planted, right? This is one of the first churches I've worked with that get that, 
I, I, I love that in this church. From the time I walked in, uh, it, it's been amazing. I've, I'm used to having to fight to, to get money for, for programs and stuff. And this church is generous in how we do that. And that generosity flows out of your pockets to, to the ministries and programs all around. But it's an investment in the kingdom. And you may never, we may never get the actual evidence. Um, you know, I, I, yes, we want to bring people into, but we're not, we don't always know when those seeds are going to take root. And our goal is not to see how big we can make First United Methodist. Our goal is to see how crowded can we make heaven. That's our goal. Invest our time, our talent. Let's look at... Um, Galatians chapter 5. This is Paul writing early church. He starts off by talking about uh, faith through Christ and it's by grace and grace alone. And then he goes on uh, to talk about how we need a life in Christ. And and then he, he turns his attention then to the Holy Spirit that the only way that all of this happens is when we when we empty ourselves of our humanness and allow the Holy Spirit to take root in us. We'll start in verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and all other sins. I'm going to read that list again this time, and as I read your sin, please stand up. Because every one of us is on that list, right? We, we get so caught up in certain sins, sometimes we forget we're all on that list. We're all on that list. And he says, he goes on to say, let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. The common thing in all of those is it's all human self-centered behavior. It's all about pleasing ourselves, right? And to live like that is not a kingdom value. You're not part of kingdom of heaven if all you're worried about is yourself. He goes on to say, verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let's not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. He says, when we live in the human way, we're, we're not a part of the kingdom. But when we allow the Spirit to take control. And he said, those who follow Christ, those who are on the right path, they've nailed their passions and desires to the cross. In other words, the cross was an instrument of death, right? So by nailing our passions and desires to the cross, we are, we are putting to death our own selfish agenda. And then we have the opportunity to be raised again with Christ. 
The secret, if you will, to the human life is not trying, to, to the Christian life is not trying harder. It's giving the spirit room. And in order to give the spirit room, you have to empty yourself of the things that separate. Jesus said, uh, if you, if you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. If you want to gain your life, you must first lose it. It's, it's this concept of Christianity that the way we become closer to God is by, by, by emptying ourselves of all that sinful behavior and, and beginning to exhibit those, those things that he's talking about. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Against these, there are no law. You, you, you never get in trouble for loving too much, do you? You never get in trouble for having too much joy unless you're a boy in fourth grade or something and you're doing teachers trying to teach, but right? There's no law against those things. Stop being so gentle. We we don't do that, right? Because and those are the godly characteristics. Those are the that's the evidence that begins to to emerge from a life lived in relationship with God, influenced by the Holy Spirit. Those things begin to exhibit themselves in our life. Fruit grows on trees. Trees are planted in the ground. They have roots that go down and that's what feeds them. And then a tree that has a good food source and is healthy then begins to bear fruit. You go to Ephesians chapter 3, Paul says, I pray for all of us that you would understand the depths of God's love and that you would have roots that go down deep into his love. And what he's, what he's doing there is saying, if you want, if you want to move from being a self-centered person into a generous person that's more like Jesus, it starts by having a relationship that goes down deep into God's love. You can't just try harder. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have more joy. It doesn't work that way. Right? But when you immerse yourself and investing in the king. When, when, when what matters to God matters to you, and what matters to God is people. Over and over, the Gospels are full of stories that, that Jesus, this rabbi, holy person, wasn't going from town to town looking for an invitation to preach or to be exalted. He went from town to town looking at the people and talking to the people that no one else paid any attention to. Because that that generous heart and that generous mind, that generous life that he lived, he, he, he sought the people out and he, then he invested in them. Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house. Change the life of Zacchaeus. Woman at the well. Ashamed to even be having a conversation. He talks to her, changes her life, which then in turn changed an entire village because of the conversation he had with her. Generosity poured out. That's what the church does when we're doing our best. And and we've made an, a, a, a pledge to one another that that's what we want to do. We want to serve God in this local church with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our story. If you need somewhere to to find a place, talk to any of our staff members. We can help direct you into one of those. You know, the hardest part of finding volunteers is just having people say, I want to volunteer, right? That's 
we're never going to say, oh, I'm sorry, we're too full. No. I can, I can share, I, I've shared a lot of my stories. I've been here six years now, but you all tell me the same stories over and over too, so you can put up with mine. But <laughs> <clears throat> but you, I, you know, I, when, I th- when I think of how people have invested in me and the difference it's made, the generosity that they showed, right? I, I talked about my youth director earlier. In all the churches I've served, uh, being uh, our family lives in Colorado as the girls were growing up, uh, being that far from from family, they didn't get to see grandparents. In every single one of our churches, there was a group of of folks that became like adopted family to us, and they never they never felt left out or left alone. They th- th- those ladies and and families would make an investment in in our girls that they still. Um, uh, are 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 part of their lives uh, now. That made a difference as a young family making a big move to know that my family's taken care of. That that was great for me. Uh, being in in seminary with only enough money to make it for three months, and Lori can't find a job. And the school that Sydney was in, the teacher was horrible. And having a, a person, she finally found a job in a Christian school. One of the husbands heard our story and, and um, made an investment to get Sydney in that Christian school and then made an investment of $500 a month into our bank account for the three entire years I was in seminary. An investment that makes all the difference. And those those are... Those are just a couple of stories, but I, I can talk about when when had was diagnosed with cancer and the people who who came alongside me and prayed and encouraged and um, and helped with through through those kind of things over and over and over. Generous. There's so many generous folks in in this church already. This this isn't a scolding sermon. We have folks that serve all over this community. And, and, and Christian service doesn't have to take place in a church. A lot of our folks make the biggest difference in secular organizations and stuff. It's bringing the light of Christ wherever you go. Generous heart. It makes all the difference. Thank you for being a generous church. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to serve with abandon. But I think every single one of us, as we look in the mirror, know that there's work that we still need to do. We're on our way, but we're not there yet. Is that a good way of saying it? As John Wesley would say it, we're on on the road to sanctification. But I'm going to pray with you, and I hope you'll pray with me that that heart just continues to be what we aim for. Amen? Amen. Why don't you bow with me? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, first of all, for your generosity. It still is so amazing to me how much you give of yourself to us. And God, I am blessed over and over and over again because of your kindness. 
Too many times in our lives, those, those sinful nature things pop up. But God, would you, would you give us that hunger for your word and a hunger for your relationship with you that just helps our roots grow down deep so that the fruit of your spirit can be demonstrated in our life? And thank you for calling us into this wonderful adventure and mission called church. Give us the strength to bring you glory in all this and in, in, in all that we do. And we pray that in Jesus' name.